0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Uh, So you can go ahead and open up your Bibles there again, and we'll do a a quick review of what we did last week, and hopefully we'll get to where we got to a little bit further today. But again, we have started our marriage counseling teaching, um, and this is my portion. We're talking about the physical aspect of marriage. And I told you that the, the title of this is Maintaining God's Covenant. And again, there's more than just the physical aspect of God's covenant. I want you to make sure that you're adding all of these teachings up together. And also listen to some, if you, if you don't think that the real truth about the tithe has something to do with your covenant in marriage, then you haven't been listening at all because the principle of sow and reap works throughout every aspect of your life and every aspect of your marriage covenant. And we'll get into that a little bit today, but just make sure that you are listening to every message. Christ is our high priest because we're listen. We're on better covenants. Listen, all these things come together, and those better covenants include your covenant of marriage. Make sure that you are putting all these things together because God doesn't miss a beat. It's not by happenstance that these things are being taught. So again, we're doing my my, my portion is that the physical aspect of it, and we're, I said we're going to call this maintaining God's covenant. And I always want to start this off with the definition. I'm going to say this every time we teach the definition of marriage. So I want to make sure you keep this in your mind. Because remember, it's God's institution. and It's one of God's covenants. So I want to make sure you keep this in mind. Marriage is a divine institution created by God. A divine institution means there's a divine purpose. That should get rid of all your selfishness when it comes to marriage That, as it is right there. There's a, it's a divine institution created by God whereby two rational Three more agents who are born again. That one right there, that means, do you know Jesus? Not, not oh, I pray to God because I, you know, I need this in my life. I know about God, you know, oh, God will get me through it all. No, 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 do you know Jesus? Do you know what he's done for you? Have you accepted the seed of Christ and begin to nurture it and culture that? Not, it's not about just saying, oh, I know what, I, I've heard about God. No, do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with him? because uh, cause go back into our premarital we we're talking about kingdom relationships it's about being faithful to God first before you enter into his divine institution so do you know Jesus so a divine institution created by God whereby two rational free moral agents who are born again choose to enter I like that you choose to enter a lifelong commitment with an imperfect person lifelong commitment that means there's no but if, ands, or buts about it. If Listen, you can't go into it talking about, but what if they do this to me? No, it's a lifelong commitment. I, do you know Jesus? Because if you know Jesus, you know that's a lifelong commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. Then after having this standard, you can move into His covenant. To, to the marriage covenant. Now you're eligible to move into the marriage covenant. And, and again, I love how this started off with covenant before, but I need to remind you, but, but covenant is God's language. This is how God moves. This is how, he, I, this is how He speaks to man. This is how He tells man, listen, I'm committed to you far past, listen, far past your life. This is how He says, I'm going to be faithful to you. My promise to you is Everlasting. Because I'm a covenant guy. I'm a covenant keeping guy. I'm Jehovah. And and again, this is why the Bible says that the husband should love his wife as as Christ loves the church. It's a great mystery. It should point us to Christ. And we're going to get into that a little bit more today. But I want you to always stay mindful. It's about God's covenants. Keep God's covenant on your mind. And I love how we got into it last when we talked about him with, with Abraham. Abraham believed in God. God told him, get thee out of thy, thy, thy land, away from thy kindred, out of thy country. Abraham believed and obeyed. That's the relationship. Listen, that, listen that's the kingdom building relationship with God. And God said, I can covenant with him. He won't let anybody. He won't let anybody pull him away from God's divine. Listen, God's purpose for him. We saw in the last week the king, the king of Sodom. What did he try to do? He tried to. He tried to. He tried to fluff him. I'll give you this. I'll do that. He said no. No, because see, God made a promise to me, and His promises stand. He's a covenant-keeping God. And, and then God, listen, all his fears, all Abram's fears, and stuff. He was relieved when God said, "But I'm your shield and your exceedingly great reward." Because you've been faithful. See, it's all about His covenant. Being faithful to God. God says, listen, listen. there are some, there are some liberties that are afforded you in my kingdom, but you've got to be faithful. What, what, what about sex? Sex is afforded to you in His kingdom, in His institution. You've got to be faithful to Him. In His covenant of marriage. So he cut covenant with Abram, who was ready to do everything he could to follow and obey God. So God said, I'm ready to do everything I can to come and get you, to make you mine. If I have to pull you away from your kindred, if I have to get you, I'm going to do everything I need to do to make you mine. And guess what? God said, and also, we said this last, I'm going to cut covenant with myself because what I have put together, I will let no man, including yourself, tear asunder. So I'm going to give all I have, which is my son. My son is going to give all that he had, which is his life. And you just accept my gift. Because for God so loved the world that he gave, you just have to freely accept. And I want you all to understand, you know, you say believe and freely accept. People think that's all that means. I believe. I believe in God. That's what I mean when I say you have to know Jesus. There's a conviction that comes with it. With faith. I, I remember a few months ago, Minister Martin said it's called active faith. It comes with believing. But that comes with being mindful of God's covenants. Because it's going to require active faith to maintain the physical aspect of your marriage covenant as well. God takes covenants serious. And so should we. So again, we said it's a divine institution, that means it is dedicated to God's purpose. And and it's not your purpose, it's not a a selfish thing. God's standard of marriage is service. Service to one another. It's full acceptance, it's full commitment to who that person, listen, to who that person is, what they look like, all of that, that's all included in it. It's not just a physical thing, even though I'm on the physical aspect, it's acceptance of all that person. Listen, when, when Christ forgave you, He accepted you for all you had. No ifs, ands, or buts. He accepted you for all you had, And there's a great mystery, the Bible says it, between the husband and the wife and Christ and the church. So again, I want to explain the covenant the way God explained it to me one more time before we move forward. And I said again last week, to enter into God's covenant of marriage, one of the parties, the male has to, and this actually has to be said on both sides of the party, but the male has to say, I'm going to give you all that I have. I promise to be yours forever. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will love and serve you all the days of my life, and I vow to put you before all others, except God. And he shouldn't. And that person, that part, member of the party, should not be expecting that other person like, now say it back to me, because you owe that to me. No, no, no. What did Abram do? If you read, what he he sat there and received it because God gave it willingly. But before the before all that. God built his faith. He knew Abram was faithful. That's Listen, that's your premarital class, a little hint back to it. That's kingdom building. You know about their faithfulness to God beforehand, before you get in the situation. So you don't have to expect that. Because if you expect something else after that, that means I don't quite know your faithfulness. So let me hear you say it. No, 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 no. God didn't need to hear you say it. He said, just believe it. Let me see your act of faith and believe it. that's the mindset you should have going into this covenant of marriage both of the the parties bring an equal promise to the covenant and they both agree to maintain their part and again my objective of this whole teaching is to learn how to maintain our physical aspect of the covenant of marriage because there's so much more like I said Minister Hayskin was on on, uh, uh, the financial part but there's so, there's so much more to go after this as well, but we're talking about the physical aspect. So if we are in 1 Corinthians 7, I believe I told everybody to turn there. We're going to read through this again, and I'm going to try not to stop, but you know how God does. Some people need to hear it again. So we're going to read through it again, starting at verse 1. Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Now, now I said I wouldn't go and stop and do it again, but I have to. Because these scriptures speak to me every time. Because this, if if you look in your Bible, it'll it'll say Paul's teachings on marriage, right? So he's talking, listen, he's talking to the Corinthian church, and there are some issues in the Corinthian church around marriage, uh, around sex. Uh, Let me me, me help y'all. The Corinthian church resembled our world a whole lot today. Let Let me help you like that. Now you get a picture. Just look at the world around you today. The Corinthian church resembled that. And Paul kept coming to him, Kept coming to him with this truth. He said, Now concerning these things, wherever you wrote unto me, because they asked him about it. You know why? (laughs) They asked him about it because people were doing all types of things, right? They were touching, not in the marriage covenant. They were doing all these things, and the church was suffering for it. It was listen, the marriage covenant was not resembling Christ in the church. People were losing sight of this, that this was God's covenant. So he says, now concerning these things, wherever you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Because when you touch a woman physically, or vice versa, but this is, he's talking to a man. If you touch a person, it's a union of who you are for a lifetime. I'll never forget, it stuck out to me when, uh, when Pastor Hill, our uh, now Pastor Hill, came back and taught the youth group, and she talked about sex outside of marriage. And she had the illustration of two pieces of construction paper and glue. And she said, when you have sex, this is what you do. And she let it dry together, and she sat there together, and then she said, now you're not married, and let's say y'all go y'all separate ways. She pulled them apart, but guess what? This purple page had some of the orange on it. This orange had some of the purple on it, because you are uniting all of who you are with this person. That's why you have to be in covenant, because touching someone like that comes with a commitment. Whether you, whether you say it or not. You touch somebody's heart like that, you touch them physically like that, I don't care what they tell you, it's casual, no, they have a different thought in their mind about it. That's why they want to do it again with you. They're expecting something. Be mindful of this covenant. That's why I said last time, listen, if you're just dating, keep your hands to yourself. If you are not married, keep your hands to yourself. This is God's institution. Check your faithfulness to God. Go back and listen to premarital again. You got to do things the kingdom way. In verse 2 it says, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. It dealt with a lot. It de- listen, your own wife, your own husband that deals with all sexual uh, uh, immorality in that, that was going on in Corinthians. He dealt with it, don't play any games. All that sexual immorality is, listen, have your own man, have your own husband, have your own wife. No adultery, no fornication. Listen. No, whatever, have your own husband and have your own wife. A marriage is between a single female and a single male. Who knows Jesus? It, the marriage covenant, it safeguards you against all that sin. But you have to be mindful that it's one of God's covenants. So have your own. Prefer your own. Remember, it's your own preference. But have your own. And then verse 3 here it says, and I'm trying to get through, it says, let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. And likewise also the wife unto the husband. And we said last time, see, the focus in marriage is, is to give your spouse what's due instead of demanding or expecting what you think is your rights. What you think, I oh, know that, that's due me. See, that's why I said before, your mentality has to be like, ah, I'm not a I, Listen, just believe and trust me that I'm going to do what I said to do and maintain my part of the covenant. Because if not, you're going to start getting on your rights. You're going to start saying, but I demand this. But marriage is a covenant of service. It's not a covenant of your demands. So we looked at the... And like I said, in our world, we're similar to the Corinthians, and that was happening in the Corinthian church. They were all, they were starting to tend, well, sexually, they were thinking, well, aren't I the head? That's what the men were saying, you know shouldn't I have the rights uh, and we said it last week it's not about it's not about having the rights as a man that's, that has to do with your position and your capacity but it says render due benevolence to the wife and wife likewise to the husband you know what they just said hey it's, they said hey do a little sow and reap do a little sow and reap because your wife is good ground that's what that scripture just said Render due benevolence. And likewise, the wife will render due benevolence. And we said, what is due? That's your covenantal duty. So you think that they, they, they should, you should be demanding your rights from them. But really, the right is, that's your duty. <laughs> they have a right because it's your duty. It's not your right, it's their right because it's your duty. That's how you should look at it. And benevolence, we said that's goodwill. That's kindness. It's your covenantal duty to give them goodwill and kindness. Do benevolence. Do kindness. And they'll do this in all aspects, physically as well. And it goes both ways. Uh, there's a mutual desire. That's the sown reap. Not one should be preferred above the other. It's a mutual desire to give due benevolence. And verse 4 says this here, The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also, the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. And we said this, and I want to go a little bit further into this time, but we said this last time, this meant there's no exclusivity as it pertains to your marriage and sex. That means you, you can't hold out. You're no longer your own. You can't just do what you want to do physically in marriage. you have to render due benevolence, but you know while this was written about intimate physical sexual relationships it's much it does a much wider application. My body's not my own, it's my wife's. her body's not her own, but it's mine so and when i was when I was looking at this guy says. Let me help you out. Let me give you an example. Because I've done this before. I have been seriously ill before. My wife said, hey, you need to go get a checkup. You need to go do this. You need to go do that. And if she has power over my body, knowing that she, wa- she wants my well-being, you know what I should do? I should get, a- I should get up and go get that checkup. <laughs> I should get up and go get my body checked. Because she has power over my body. I, because she's saying, you know what? I want you to be here physically in this relationship as well. That's why in Ephesians it says, you love your wife as you love your own body, husbands? Take those suggestions to heart. Your wives don't tell you that for no reason. And she has power, but I say wives, but it works the other way, but I have a wife. I say wives, if she tells you, hey, this and this is going on, hey, she's telling you this for a reason. You know why? Because she knows you. You know, like when we said dwell and you communicate with the Holy Spirit and they tell you stuff because they know you and you need to change it. Because my life is not my own. I've been bought with the price because I'm in covenant. So when your wife tells you something, Listen. It belongs to her that way. Power over his or her body. But I want you to I want you to understand this because people hear that power and they start to relate it back to that rights thing. Uh, Marriage is a union. It's not a master or slave relationship. Okay? So we seek each other's best interest. That's the relationship between Christ and the church. What a great mystery if you notice all the commands in the Bible when they talk about uh, submitting to to one another and loving one another they're always first person commands it's not hey husbands make your wives submit to you it's not hey hey make your your husbands love you love and submission must be freely given and willingly given just like Christ in the church uh, and guess what? We know we know Jesus is our Lord. We know Jesus is our Master, but He doesn't force His lordship. He serves us. He shows us His goodness, and it causes us to become tenderhearted, and we receive it. I have to go here. Let's, and this is not in my notes, but let's go to John chapter thirteen. Keep your little ribbon there, and. 1 Corinthians, I believe it's John 13, yes, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. I'm just going to read the first five five verses. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself after he poured into a, a, a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded Now, and he knew right then that Judas was coming to betray him too he knew. And yet he was all about service. Listen, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the head of the church, as the husband is the head of the wife. And instead of lording over him and saying, you should be washing my feet. That's my right, because it is. It is his right. He said, but, but listen, mas- minister, minister, Uh, Lord in this instance it means greatest servant because that's what I came to do I I, I know, listen I'm not excluding anybody Judas I came to serve Uh, he out humbled everybody Uh, he retained all his rights over him but he refrained from lording it over him he refrained why? because he came to serve he came for you he came to win you he came for your heart he came to touch you and the disciples can willingly submit to that listen he made himself no reputation so he could lift them up that's the relationship of Christ and the church it's not about what your rights are it may listen you may be right but that's not what it's about it's about service one to another because there's a great mystery So so, so I want you to see here that the husband like into the like Christ is the head of the church the husband is the head but he won't abuse his position Uh, and I've said this before and I learned it from my father husband is not the dictator he's the deliverer of the the wife the word says in Ephesians he's to wash her with the water of the word you're not to be a tyrant I, I told you that power over each other's body. I told you, it's a little sowing and reaping. And, and here's what you need to sow into your, into your marriage. I said it goes beyond physical. You need to sow a little kindness. Do benevolence, kindness. You know, do you think you can be any kind of way with your spouse all type of week? And when it comes to the physical aspect, it just goes down? It's the same way as Pastor was saying on last Sunday. You think you can be broke as a joke and it's going down whenever you wanted to with your spouse? You're not maintaining the financial aspect? You're not maintaining the physical aspect? And you think you can just do what you want to do? Physically in the marriage? Try kindness. Uh, When you have an opportunity, because we all do in marriage, to get upset, to get angry, try kindness. kindness will tell them that I consider your feelings before I consider mine. Because unkindness means well I'm going to say what I have to say and then we'll see how you feel after that. I prefer your company because unkindness says I'll say what I want to say and you can get on out. And we can try to reconcile later, or whatever or we can keep an attitude with each other or whatever. being kind says I'm going to watch what I say and how I say it. Uh, Being kindness means I'm going to speak when I see you. You know, when you get up in the morning, a simple good morning, beautiful. That's kindness. Speak. I'm going to tell you this because it's like Christ in the church. If I was to see Jesus I want him to say, hello, my son. I would hate for him to walk right past me. Uh, the one that, listen, the one that I prefer to walk right past me. I would hate that. That's not kindness. Send him little gifts. You don't need an opportunity like Christmas to get him a gift. If your spouse does something wrong, uh, it says this: Not only do I forgive you, but since you're the one I prefer, I can forget it. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far He's removed our transgressions into the sea of forgetfulness. I I didn't say not learn from it, but you don't have to. You don't have to hold it over. You don't have to lord it over him. Ah, you did that last time. I can't trust this with you now. No, 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 no. Not with the one you prefer. Because remember, it's a lifelong commitment. I I could just imagine if God held our past mistakes over our head. But thank God, it's His goodness, His kindness that draws us to Him. It's your goodness, your kindness that will draw your spouse to you. Throughout your life. In every area. So again, this is all goes back to sowing and reaping your marriage. Listen, your body belongs to your spouse. But again, you have people that just can't grab a hold of them. And we talked about that last week, where people who were like, well, you know, I'm doing this because of this reason. We're not, have, we're not physically, you know, we're not physically together because of that reason. We're not doing this because of that reason. Listen, what does the scripture say? Let's go back to Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 7. It says in verse 5, defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for incontinency. Now, we're going to get to that latter part again, because we haven't really got on that, but again, it says here, defraud them not this way. Defraud your spouse not this way. Don't deprive them, or cheat them by deception. Withholding sex because you're upset. Avoiding it all together because, because now you've got what you got out of relationship. Like I said, people, I'm overwhelmed with my children now, but that's how you want it from the junk. You know, people have sex just for children. All those type of things. We could go on and on. Defraud your spouse not. Not in this way. Now, we talked about the conditions that need to be, to be to be met. Both the husband and the wife have to consent. You know why? Because you're one. You can't make a decision without the other. See, these are the troubles of marriage. You can't make, you are one. And then they have to agree beforehand on the time where we're coming back together. And then, it's only to be because of, fastening of time with God. Because again, what I said in your vow, it's all for your spouse except for God. Save God. And if those conditions are, are, are met, you have no right to withhold. Uh, but, but then again, you have to be given due benevolence. You see what I'm saying? Because that's what comes up. That's what was going on in Corinthians. You know, people were withholding, but they weren't withholding from other people. They were withholding from their spouse, but their spouse wasn't giving them due benevolence, but somebody else may have been. See, all that was going on. And God said, but this is my covenant. See, these are the things you have to be mindful of in this covenant. In His covenant. And we said to be mindful of it, there's one thing that was missing, and we said it was communication. It's real easy. Communication can fix a lot. People are looking for some sort of spiritual answer, and God said, Let me get spiritual for you. Communicate. Let's get real spiritual. Because guess who communicates with you the things of Jesus? The Holy Spirit. And there's a relationship. There's a mystery. That a marriage between a husband and wife just, is just like Christ in the church. Intimacy from, through communication. That'll keep you from falling in and out of sin. And acting out and depriving your spouse. So if, if any of you lack wisdom, ask. And God is serious about covenant. And so should you. So they will answer. What pleases you? Why is this going on? Why is that going on? What do you like? Talk to you. See, a lot of people don't want to talk in their marriage. You want to do like you used to do when you were a kid, trying to date. Like, oh, I know she like this because I seen it on TV somewhere. No, uh, it's nothing like this world. See, that's why it's a divine institution. God gives you the, He gives you the roadmap. So you ask. Just just like you ask the Holy Spirit about Jesus so you don't defraud or cheat God, you ask your your wife, who is in this covenant of God and who's a kingdom member just like you. And guess what? They're going to receive from the Holy Spirit to answer you as well. And you, you want to know how they're going to know to answer you? Because they know exactly what you need because, what did we say last time? They've been dwelling with you. That's one thing that you must do with your spouses: dwell with them. And I, I want to go here. I have. To. Let's go to First Peter. I believe Minister Hasten went here. First Peter three, where it was talking about dwelling. I want to go here. I want to read verse one through seven. It says, "Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husband, that if any obey not the word, that they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives." While they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair, and of wearing of gold, or of putting putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. For after this manner in the old time the holy woman also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection, unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. I have to address, you know, just something real quick about that even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Because a lot of people say, well... There it is again, you know. But Abraham wasn't her lord. Uh, Sarah viewed Abraham as her lord. And, and again, it's the same instance as Jesus. He, she viewed Abraham as the, the greatest servant of the household. And guess what? The greatest servant of who? Of God. Uh, so I can follow somebody that's mindful and following God in his covenant. So yes, Abraham was her lord and he obeyed. She obeyed. And, and let me tell you something about Sarah. You know they didn't have a perfect. They didn't have everything. Didn't go their way in their marriage. You know there was a time where, where, where Abram was going to give Sarah to Abimelech. But what did Sarah do? Sarah just followed and obeyed her. And he was wrong. And guess what? If you're wrong, what what happened? God stepped in it because it's His covenant. Uh, Sarah came to to Abram after she saw. After she saw um, Ishmael, Mark and Isaac and said, he has to go. Now, here's the thing. Somebody comes in, and I want you to, let me address this. Don't nobody tell somebody that their child has to go. Now, that dispensation is over. If you have a child outside, and you have multiple parents, listen, take care of your child. But, she said, it's time to let him go. Because we're talking about, get the, God is still doing a work with Abraham right now. And he said, he got to go. And you know what? Abraham being lord over that house, even though he was upset, God came and confirmed it to him. See, that's what, that's what I'm saying. If you dwell according to knowledge, don't worry, God's going to come confirm it. To his man, God will confirm his word to his man. That's why He came and confirmed it. But you have to dwell with each other according to knowledge. And I said last week, knowledge and wisdom. But why? Because until you apply that knowledge, it'll never be wisdom. Until you walk in it, you're not going to be wise. You can't even help anybody until you walk in it yourself. You're not wise. You can't impart wisdom to anybody else. you You can't help them to understand the mystery between Christ and the church until you start walking in it. Oh, remember, it's a divine purpose for God's divine institution. To dwell, to take up residence with, to delight in communion with your spouse. Communion, communicate. I delight to communicate with them on all levels. According to knowledge and wisdom. I'm not talking about nothing silly. And I went to Psalms 27 last week. One thing that I desire of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And we said that inquire means to seek your favor. To find out what he likes in his house. To find out more about him so that I can please him. These are the things that you have see because it's like Christ in the church. You have to remember these things in your marriage. That's one thing that I, listen, I desire my spouse to delight in communion with them. To be in agreement with them. To behold their beauty. To seek favor in their temple. And so we got in how to, how to effectively communicate with your spouse. To, 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 to not defraud one another, especially in this physical aspect. And we said you have to have proper planning in your communication. You have to plan these things. That means not only do you have to plan them, but you have to have the proper attitude when you plan them. Uh, that means it's not just a regular event. It's not an everyday thing. And you may plan it every day, but you don't treat it like an everyday thing. This a special time. This is for the person that you prefer. There should be a genuine build-up and expectation for the event. A genuine excitement for the event. Uh, but that comes listen that comes with that kindness I told you about throughout the week instead of just showing up like oh, now we finna do this thing right no this is all part of your due benevolence and then we also said last week that you can't ignore the proper planning in your physical your, your health aspect good health is vital to a good physical sex life that's common sense if you've gained weight, work on it. If you've noticed it, work on it. Uh, listen, just show them that you're going to give them an effort to serve them. Yeah, they should rejoice with the wife of their youth. Yeah, you know what? They should. And like I said last time though, but when you was out there perusing, and it wasn't like that. It's I'm getting what I want. And they better be in shape, they better have this, they better have that. And I have to go here, I want to address this because in my spirit this came up when I was studying. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. You know, a lot of people like to quote that here. 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'm just going to read verse 8. It says, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise, having promise of the life that now is, and of, of that which is to come. Now, I want you to understand that profit of little. Many people think that means it don't help you at all. That profit of little; it means to an extent. See, Paul understood some things, even though he wasn't ever married, because it was a great mystery. It, it was interesting in my study when I went to the, when when I got to hear Timothy. The cross reference scripture brought me right back to 1 Corinthians 7. Because you have to understand, who, Paul wrote Corinthians, and then who wrote that in Timothy? Paul did. And what did Paul say in Corinthians? I wish that all of you were like me. You know what he was? A eunuch. So he's talking to Timothy here, and guess what? Timothy was leaning to be more like Paul, a eunuch. So he was telling him, listen, Bodily exercise profiteth little. That means a certain expi- uh, it profits you to a certain extent, especially with, when you're in the covenant of marriage. Because that's why it cross But I wish you were all like me, and since you're going to be like me, listen, just focus on godliness, because you're not going to have to worry about these troubles. But if you're in the covenant of marriage, it's going to profit you. <laughs> it's going to profit you. Remember, put it in context. He's talking to Timothy that's why I said it profit is little don't worry about the decision you're making about going to be a eunuch because you'll still you'll still be godly and you'll still be able to profit but if you're married listen that that certain extent it goes a little bit further you know why? because it's a mystery between Christ and the church uh, I hope you understand that put it in context oh it prophet is little he's talking to Timothy are you going to be a eunuch? are you going to be a eunuch? see put these things in context who is he talking to? So understand, listen, in your covenant of marriage, if you see yourself getting, listen, if you see your spouse getting out of weight and you want to figure out a way to tell them, listen, you don't have to tell them, look, stop eating that girl. Oh, stop eating that man. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. You need to work out. Listen, you get up and work out. Get up and go work out. Listen, and let your spouse start seeing the benefits of it. Now, if your spouse is in this kingdom, is a godly spouse and they see these things, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, you reap what you sow. They're gonna see, oh, they're putting this into the relationship. I gotta do something. So that I can serve them properly. I, I'm telling you, it's, it was so amazing. It's, that's what happened with me and my wife. At the beginning of this, this quarantine, I'm gonna tell you, I, I gained a whole bunch of weight. Back. And I'm gonna tell you, it was everybody. And I noticed it about everybody. I'm talking about it in my house. I noticed it about everybody. <laughs> I, I'm not talking about I love y'all you know everybody look good Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm talking about me okay but I noticed it so what did I have to and, and you know what I also noticed that yeah it was happening to my spouse as well but she was just doing what I was doing so you know what I did I got up you know what we need to, I, I need to go work out I need to go do this I need to go do that I need to go do that and it's said I know she's been working out You've been working out, you know, you look good, this and that, blah, blah. I oh, bet you want to come in here with me. Just one time, She brought it, I brought her in there with me, and I worked. Listen, I didn't say, now do what you do and let's get it. Let's go. No, I worked out with her. Let's do these tests together. Oh, when I get in there, see, I know, because I, I kind of become a gym rat now. I know some people, I like to get in there and work out with myself. It ain't about, listen, me working out, it's about my health, but it's about my spouse. See, that's what I keep in my mind. It's not, listen. Uh, the really, the only one that really gets to see my muscles is my wife. That's who it's for. It's not for anybody else. So let's come in here. Let's work out. Yeah, lay right. I got you. I'm going to spot you. I can't do it, baby. You can do it, but I got you. You know, I'm here with you in this. And guess what? We started this back in May. Oh, she's not in here. We started this back in May, and we've done it every day. Together. Together. Because we're maintaining our covenant. But, but, but listen to me as well. Why would I choose to do that without her? Uh, unless your motives, unless you come into the covenant saying, yeah, but I'm expecting something else. Why would I want to get myself to a certain place and not bring my wife with me? Why wouldn't I want her to be there with me? Make yourself desirable is what I'm trying to say. This is the one you chose to be with. The one you prefer. You know, I just have story after story. The other day, a couple of weeks ago, we were barbecuing, me and my brother, and we was out there all day. And I'm not mindful of it, because you're out there and you're like, I don't smell nothing. So at the end of the day, I come up and I go to my room, and I, silly me, and I know this, I just pop on the bed. I stink. I smell. And so, you know, I'm laying on the bed, and my wife's there, and she's, next to me, and I I could tell, she had this look on her face, and I'm just like, wait a minute, I smelled myself, I said, oh, babe, I'm so sorry, I said, I'm so sorry, I'm here to stick, she said, oh, you okay, she said, no, that's not okay, because first off, I came up, the bed was made up, it was fresh sheets, fresh, and I smelled like fresh, and if those who who barbecue, you know, when you get that smoke smell up, it's not getting out, so the sheets had to come off. You see, you, you see what I mean? You have to regard... I'm making myself desirable. Listen, I took a shower. I helped to change those sheets. I put on the smell that she liked. Especially in this time of quarantine. You see each other all the time. Make yourself desirable. You know, there's one thing that you tell your spouse when you make yourself desirable every day when you went out to work. When you come home, you know, you put on whatever. Your, your, your shower cap and whatever and then now I'm ready for for our sexual action you know here's my shower cap and my knee high socks you know but you're willing to make yourself you got your best makeup on you got your best clothes on for your guys at work. Your, the, 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 the ladies at work and stuff but when it comes to your spouse it's whatever make yourself desirable and I did not get to where I wanted to get to today but God is a faithful God And we are out of time. But I promise you next time we're going to shorten this review and get to where we need to get to. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.